the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Join us today as Pastor Draper deals with the subject of divorce in this message entitled Divorce Pandemic. Pastor Draper will be speaking from the Old Testament book of Malachi, chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Find something that y'all enjoy doing and that we enjoy doing and do it. One don't like golf, then don't make the hood try to be a golfer. Find something. You know, find some commonality, some kind. One like to play cards, then, and uh, if you both like to play cards, then start playing cards together. You're not going to die. Dominoes, all right. Bingo, as long as you know money, money, you know, bingo. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, find something. My, my, my wife and I, talked, we were down on Broadway. I saw a bicycle store. I said, well, let's, let's go in that store over there. That was a few months ago. And so I haven't got it yet. We're going to still get it, too. I said, we're going to get us two bikes. We're going to go ride in the hood. And that's just, we're going to ride around our neighborhood. I haven't got that still in the back of my mind. I want to get that bike in so we can just, we can ride together. I used to have a motorcycle. But uh, somebody said, well, yeah, my, back when I was 16, everything, my license is still kind of that. And, uh, but when I started you know, dating, they, you know, a lot of girls don't like motorcycles. They, they like more room. And, uh, but now it's, the fad is coming in, but I have more of my friends getting their neck broke on motorcycles too. <laughs> but, um, and I know Ralph has one. He's trying to get me on his. And, uh, and I said, we'll see about that. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is that I'm just using these things. I'm not saying go buy a bike, a motorcycle, because I don't want to do any more funerals than I have to. The Lord made me, but, but something, swimming together, uh, walking together, if you like to walk, walking together. And let me tell you, if you're going to go walking or whatever you're going to do, stop bringing up issues. It's supposed to be a time of relaxation. Oh, Joe made an elf in that subject. I thought it was a good time to tell you. That's not a good time. We brought y'all, y'all all upset. Let's go home. Oh, God. I mean, when you're relaxing, you know, relax. You know, uh, relax. I mean, leave the issues alone. It's time to relax. Laugh, relax, enjoy one another. Always been. Let me show you a scripture on that. Because some of y'all look at me like, oh, like, some of y'all so stern. And, and, and some of y'all, y'all face is too serious in your relationship. Now, some of y'all faces normally look stiff. And you have to make a special effort. <laughs> To loosen up your face. Your spouse of you looking and whatever they thought about doing is gone. You just look. I saw that look. Uh, Proverbs 1722. <laughs> 1722. Are y'all hanging in there? Proverbs 1722. When you find it, say amen. 
Proverbs 17, 22. A merry heart does good. Like what? Medicine. Like what? A merry heart is like what? Out of line, man, that, that healed. What does medicine do? It, it, when God is in it now. Yeah, okay. without God, you can't heal. But a merry heart does good like medicine. But a broken spirit dries the what? And that's what's wrong. Some of y'all marriages is dry and bony. Your spirit all broken. Just broke, always broke. You know, no, I mean, it's your poor wife or poor husband don't know what to do, what to say. They are baffled. And, and God has you here today to say, listen, get some Mary in your heart. M-E-R-R-Y. And I'm not talking about vodka and cools to stimulate the merriness. Okay? Next. Come on, I'll be done. Enjoy one another in sexual intimacy. We talk about marriage and divorce. Somebody say hallelujah. Enjoy one another in sexual what? Intimacy, husbands and wives now. There's a disclaimer on that. Uh, as a caveat. First Corinthians, turn that, First Corinthians chapter 7, verses 3 through 4. It's all in the book. Am I coming from the Bible? This is Maranatha Bible Church. This is the way we do it. So you can see, I'm not making this up. Some of y'all skip over this. You, know, you speed read past it. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 3 through 4. We're talking about marriage and divorce. Yeah, when you find it, say amen. The husband should not deprive his wife of sexual intimacy, which is her right as a married woman. Now, men usually don't have that problem. Usually. Unless he really trying to make a statement which is wrong as it can be. Very few men have that problem. Nor should a, the wife deprive her husband. Now, some women are good at that. You don't use sexuality at, for manipulation. You didn't take out the trash. You can't have none tonight. You forgot something on H-E-B. I'm mad at you. You got his whole laundry list when he touched. That's too late. When he's touched, it's time to give. Amen. It's in, my, it's in the Bible. Look, the wife gives authority. Oh, listen here. Look at this. The wife gives authority over her body to her what? To her what? In other words, wives, your body is his. And the husband also gives authority over his body to his, his wife. His body is you see? Well, I don't, I, 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 nothing. Listen, if you didn't want to deal with the sexuality part of the holy matrimony, then you should have stayed single. But you are married. <laughs> you, you are married. And you say, why is he talking about this in the church? Because I'm supposed to. 
This is not taught like that out there. They just pass out condoms and everything else. You say, ooh, don't be talking like that. My, ears, my children have virgin ears. No, they ain't as virgin as you think they are. If they're looking at television, their ears are not virgin. It has to be talked and spoken to in a biblical context amidst the people of God because the world is not going to give you a God message. Mary was honored to be the bearer of the Son of God. And God found favor with Mary. And I believe one of those reasons was because she was a virgin. Say the word virgin. It is a rare word. It is so rare until those who are virgins are scared to tell others that they are a virgin because it is so rare in the times in which we live. What's wrong with you if you haven't had none? Are you gay and everything else? No, I'm holy. The Bible says, be holy as I am holy. Holy. I'd rather be a virgin than have AIDS and herpes and babies and child supports and broken hearts and shattered dreams and the divorce fee, I mean, uh, court fees to pay uh, attorneys and everything else. You save yourself a lot of trouble just by living holy. And let me tell you something about that young folk. Don't let your lessons all be hard learned. You ought to just look at somebody else that's struggling because of their, mis- their mishaps and say, you know, I don't want that to happen to me, so I'm going to start this day to be holy. You see, and, 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 and this is really key. I'm going to say something really big here. I want you to hear me and hear me well. Hang on to this. Satan's primary goal is to deceive you into premarital sex before you get married. That's his primary goal. He wants to deceive you into premarital sex before marriage. That's, that's his goal, to deceive you into premarital sex before marriage. But look at this. And to keep you from sexual intimacy after marriage. That's his goal. He changes his strategy. Are y'all listening to me? Y'all dating? Are you this and all that? And his goal is girlfriend, boyfriend, stuff, and all that stuff. His goal is to get you to engage in sex before you say, I do. That's, that's, he wants to violate biblical principles. He wants, he wants to slap a holy God in the face, and he will do it through you in rebellion to him. You listen? All of you engage in everything else, boyfriend, girlfriend, everything. But after you get married, after you marry, his goal then is to keep you from each other sexually as long as he can to, to drive a demonic wedge there to destroy that marriage. He ch- and some of y'all, he's doing a good job with that too. I, I'm scared to ask it. I'm not going to ask it, but I will phrase it in a rhetorical question. If you're married, talking about Every six weeks, 
once a year. What? Now come look how quiet it got now. I'm old. Old. You know how old Abraham was? I mean, that was, listen, Abraham was old when he went into Sarah, who became Sarah. Won't y'all say amen? Look, y'all. I am saying sexual intimacy belongs within the context of holy matrimony. Some of y'all saying, please go on, get out of this. I don't want to hear it. Paint. Because some of you all know better, but you're not going to do better because your will is superimposed over the will of God. And you're going to be put into divine chastening because only the truth is going to set your marriage free. You don't set, you love your spouse unconditionally and sexual intimacy is not based on how he or she performs for you before they can, before you can get together and do something. You haven't done this, this, this. No, you can't. That, that, that is evil. Inherently evil. Next, affirm one another passionately. Affirm one another what? Passionately. First Thessalonians 5.11. Turn there if you will. First Thessalonians 5.11. Affirm one another passionately. Affirm one another passionately. First, First Thessalonians 5.11. When you find it, say amen. Therefore, comfort each other and what? Edify. You know what edify means? To build up one another just as you also are doing. Edify. Comfort one another. Encourage one another. In other words, affirmation is not an option. You are to affirm your wife. Your wife ought to be affirming. You ought to affirm your wife and your wife ought to be affirming the husband. It goes both ways. Uh, it is healthy and vital for the marriage. Find some, some way to build your spouse. It doesn't matter one encouraging word a day or more than that if the Lord wills. But y'all not go four weeks and don't say something edifying or encouraging or inspirational to your spouse. We must encourage them. We must support our spouse. Uh, we must motivate them. Motivate them. Yeah. Inspire. Refresh them. Refresh one another. And bless one another. Speak words of blessing. It, it, it doesn't matter how dark things get, how, you know what? Speaking a word of hope and a word of blessing, a word of faith over them is the best way to, to help to lift up their self-esteem, to encourage them. And you know what? You respond better in the relationship when these things come. When it's withheld, it dries up the marriage and it makes it really struggle. So, so you have to find, ask God to give you a ministry of affirmation to your spouse. Now, some of y'all more affirmative to others as opposed to your spouse. You know? You're talking about how good she looks. You ought to be saying to your wife how good she looks. She's a classy woman. She's a beautiful woman. Do you know how much I love you? You special to me. Ain't nobody like you, honey. You know, God, 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 God knew I needed you. I'm, I'm so blessed to have you. The best of you is yet to come. 
I mean, God started giving you statements. Some of y'all looking at me like, like, like whatever, but I'm telling you. You all need to speak in faith. You tried that, you know that ain't going to work. Every time you do that, you mess it up. And on and on it goes. Go to HB. Can't you get anything right? Well, he did bring home the bread. So you can say, you know what? I'm so glad you brought the bread home. I'll go get the rice. Just stay here and chill out. Okay. What about that? You see what I'm saying? Just put a twist on it. Ask God to teach you how to put a positive spin on something that could be uh, adversarial or something that can be, something that can come between you, whatever I'm trying to say. But, but what I'm trying to say is that you, you, got, you got to do that. Some of y'all stroke and hug your dogs more than you do your spouse. Hold hands walking down the streets. Amen. Stop acting like y'all don't know each other. And some of y'all don't. A tremendous sign of spiritual maturity is when you allow the Lord to enable you to edify your spouse even when your marriage has unresolved issues. Who in here have every issue of your marriage resolved. Okay? None of us. Now, well, you can minister even though everything ain't what it ought to be because we are we human. We're not, going, we, we're not perfect. We got defects and flaws. We both do. So it didn't have to be perfect for you to start doing the right things right now. So edify one another, even if there are unresolved issues. God will take care of that. Then, listen, read the Bible and other Christian books together that will strengthen your marriage. Read the Bible and other uh, good books, Christian books, that will strengthen your marriage. You know, the Bible is key. That's, that's the fundamental book, number one. Then other, other books. My wife and I are going through a book, and we're going to pick it up and, and keep tracking through it. I, it doesn't matter how many pages you do, but track through it, and it makes you discuss. That way you don't have to just talk when you're hot and, and you're mad. Now let's talk. That might not be the time to talk. So read your Bible. Look at Isaiah 34, 16. When you finally say amen, Isaiah 34, 16. Here's a wonderful verse. Will you underline this, please? Search from the book of the Lord, okay? This is not Better House and Garden, Jet, Ebony. It's not that stuff at the checkout counter. Search from the book of, of whom? And what? And what? Read. Not one of these shall fail. Not one shall lack her mate. You know what? When your marriage is based on the word of God and you all are in the word, do you realize the word of God will keep your marriage from failing? Isn't that wonderful? When the word of God is sustaining the marriage, it will not fail. When you're implementing and executing the principles of the word, your marriage won't fail. At this time, we will be momentarily interrupting our previously scheduled broadcast for a prayer from the pastor of Maranatha Bible Church, Rander Draper Sr., 
in regards to the horrific shooting that happened in Uvalde, Texas last week. Hello, I'm Randall Draper of Maranatha Bible Church, and I just want to take a moment to share with families down in Uvalde our prayers and our condolences and the sudden loss of your loved ones. What a devastating massacre. It seems like this is becoming more frequent of late uh, to have your precious children, parents, loved ones taken away in a brutal killing just hurts my heart deeply. And I want you to know that the Maranatha Church family, we are all praying for you again, again, and again. We cannot fully understand the depth of your grief and your pain, but you can be assured that our prayers are with you. We love you. We are praying for you. It is our prayer that you would experience God's purpose, God's peace, and God's presence in the midst of hurt, pain, grief, death, and the sudden taking away of your precious loved ones. I want to let you know that the Lord will take care of you. He will help you like only he can. We can't make sense out of this, but one thing we can be assured of is our Lord is in control. And we want you to look to Jesus, to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus as the world grows more darker and wicked. We want to share with you to be courageous and take comfort in knowing that the Lord is with you, he will take care of you, and he's a right now God who will help you in the midst of this deep pain. Be determined to let your light shine and be a witness for Christ because people need the Lord through all of this. And we pray for you who are Christians that in the midst of tears and sadness that people will be able to see Jesus in you. And I like to close by saying, love your families today. Hug your families today. Value your families today. Family is, is a God-ordained institution created by God himself. And we must never take our family for granted. Hug your children, your wife. Affirm them. Appreciate them while you have them. For tomorrow is not promised to any of us. We love you. We thank God for you. We pray for God's peace in the midst of all of this. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. Thank you for giving us prayer 
And thank you for teaching us how to pray. Thank you, Lord, that you set the example of prayer. We see throughout the Gospels where you prayed and you prayed. Even in Gethsemane, in the midst of your pain and betrayal, in the midst of your injustice, in the midst of your being murdered, you loved people through it with an unconditional love. Thank you, Father, that sinful, wicked men did not deter you from your mission from your heavenly Father. Thank you that you went to Calvary in spite of opposition, in spite of kangaroo courts, in spite of nails in your hands and feet and pierced side and crown of thorns around your head, in spite of being sped upon, in spite of being railed against by the thieves on the cross. And even when you spoke from the cross, you said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I pray that all who hear this prayer would emulate you on the cross, your words from the cross, your person. Thank you for being that kind of an example. I pray, Lord, that you will help families and friends and those who are asking questions that can't be answered. I pray, Father, that they just realize that you're the great God of hope and that they not stop living and that you salvage their lives now. Comfort those who are traumatized, those who are paralyzed. I pray, Father, that you would help them in their emotions. Oh God, I pray that they would receive encouragement from the scripture. I pray that you put people in their path who will just hug them and love on them and be there for them. I pray, Father, that they would experience your peace and your presence in the midst of all of this and come to realize that you are our Emmanuel. You are with us even in times of devastating loss. Father, help us now. Oh God, do like only you can do. Oh God, I pray that in the midst of this, multitudes would come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That they would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. For you are our only hope in the midst of carnage, and death, and sudden destruction. We love you, Father. And we love these families. We love the people of Uvalde. We pray that you give the leadership of that city wisdom, the churches in that area wisdom. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us through the night.
because joy will come in the morning. We ask these prayers in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.